welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. Hello, and welcome to an episode of Game Consultant. It's my first episode where I actually do an interview, so um, stay tuned. What is this episode about? Well, you could actually guess it. It's about uh, the coronavirus and events. Um, I've been saying that um, it's a shame that events are being cancelled, but I also, also said that we need to look at the organizers behind it because they take uh, quite a loss. Um, I had an article that I shared. It's, uh, I think, over one billion US dollars of losses that are being made by GDC, Google I.O., Facebook events, the Unities, etc., etc. And um, Michael, Michael Lieber, he reached out to me. He's organizing the Games Week in Berlin. That's why it's called Games Week Berlin. And um, yeah, we were chatting a bit uh, over the email. And then I said, you know what? Um, let's 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 have a chat. And um, that's what we did. So you're about to listen to an interview I just did, and I find it very interesting and and i would love to get more comments from people that organize um gaming events what do they think and what to expect in the rest of this year are there too many game events and should we consider online game conferences it's not an uh, and or maybe both can hand in hand go together as we speak so um i uh, i'm going to start with the interview Um, so right now I have Michael, Michael Lieber, if I say it right. And uh, Michael did reach out to me. Um, he's organizing the Games Week Berlin. And uh, in the last couple of episodes, we have been discussing uh, the gaming events. Lots of events are being canceled. So first of all, uh, Michael, can you tell a little bit more about yourself and uh, directly after about uh, your event. Mm -hmm. With a pleasure, thanks. Um, so I'm based in Berlin. I have a company, it's called Booster Space. Um, I founded the company in 2014 and uh, the Games Week Berlin is more or less the reason of existence for the company. Um, but we also run um, work for hire projects in the VR scene. So we do virtual reality events um, in the second half year and workshops and I'm also consultant for Kickstarter, the crowdfunding platform where I represent um, Kickstarter here in Europe. And um, Games Week Berlin is happening normally every April. Um, for many years, it's uh, Europe's longest uh, running event uh, is part of it, the Kuvadis conference, um, which was initiated or which came to Berlin in 2007 and since then was running every April uh, in Berlin and Games Week Berlin grew to become an umbrella brand connecting in our peak times we had like 20 events in the same week um, all under the umbrella of Games Week Berlin but now we um, took over Covardis last year as a company so we took over the brand and event um, 
format from Computech Media end of 2018 and since then we are working on consolidating the Games Week Berlin to be more like uh, one event instead of 20 different events at different locations. So this is uh, our current goal, um, but still we keep the spirit of connecting different verticals of the industry. So we have the developers, the publishers, investors, but also with our format Womenize, we target um, emerging female talent. With GameFest, we open up the doors to um, families and gamers and fans of gaming. And with Amaze, we still have the art experience and the more creative and artistic participants of our industry involved. And thanks to joint parties and ticket combination opportunities, we want to mix all of these different vertic verticals. That's our unique approach with Games Week Berlin. Cool. And um, as for the attendees, is that international? Um, it's Games Week Berlin. Mm -hmm. Or is, is it uh, German-driven or is it more international? Mm -hmm. So um, the B2C event is pretty local. Um, but we also have people coming from Switzerland or whatever, or Poland, but it's mainly for Berliners. Um, the um, B2B part, uh, the Kuvalis and Womenize especially, it's um, like 50-50. Um, it became more and more German over the years, um, sort of back to its roots, and we were in the middle of internationalizing again up until now. Um, so our goal is to be 80-20, like 80% international and 20% German. Um, okay. The Amaze Festival is pretty international. Got it, got it. And um, yeah, as we've been discussing already, um, GDC has been postponing. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of other events have basically cancelled. Um, the coronavirus is uh, is a hot topic. Uh, what's your take on that? How how are you looking at uh, at the event and and at the same time at uh, the spreading virus? Yeah. Um, when I first heard of it, um, I, that was end of last year, right? Or was it earlier mm -hmm. this year? I don't remember. Um, with the outbreak in Wuhan. Um, I thought, okay, what the fuck's happening, um, but didn't see anything coming sort of as a global um, danger. So we just observed it as any other news, but didn't really think about it. Uh, but then more and more news uh, popped up with um, the virus uh, spreading across the globe. And that actually then when it came to Europe um, um, via Northern Italy, that was one uh, turning point on the our internal awareness. And then um, we closely saw, what was it? Which event was canceled before GDC? Uh, yeah, well, something. Well, it, at the same time, <clears throat> many, uh, the Google IOs. The... Yeah, yeah. Um, in Berlin, there was the um, ITB, uh, the International Touristic ah, yeah. Show. And... Um, and GDC that was pretty much in the same um, time frame. And we were like, okay, oh, there's something coming. We need to observe it. If GDC is canceling, we have a problem, sort of. 
And if ITB is canceling, we have an even more serious problem because it's in Berlin. Um, so GDC was our indicator for the games industry and ITB for Berlin. And um, But still we thought, okay, it's like now and people are overreacting and being a bit too cautious. Uh, cautious. And um, the GDC news were first like the big corporates, what you also had in your um, podcast, like um, yeah. the big international companies telling their people not to go, right? Which is standard policy, yeah. um, or not standard, but um, foreseeable policy. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the value of GDC diminished day by day. And then, I don't know, their internal reasons why they canceled. Um, but it's mainly health, eh? health for employees yeah. uh, that they're concerned about yeah. and can uh, can understand. I mean, definitely in, in, in the US uh, on the legal side. Um, but if you look at it today, I mean, <clears throat> um, I also found an article where they said it's, a, what was it, a billion dollar uh, uh, loss on all the tech events that have been canceled yeah. or will be canceled. Yeah. Um, what, what does it mean uh, for an, an, an event organizer when you have to make such a decision? I mean, yeah. um, are our sponsors then being informed like, okay, we're not going to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, obviously, a lot of people are talking about refunds. Yeah. Can you describe a bit what, yeah, what, yeah, what you will face? Question. So um, when we first uh, started considering, okay, we need to, we will be uh, like impacted. First thing was we talked with the location, the venue. Um, that said, the venue isn't the highest cost factor in an event, um, but it's substantial still, um, as it's yeah. whatever. Um, so we contacted them and asked them, okay, what happens if we cancel? Then they said, oh, it's, you have a contract, um, you need to pay 80%. Then I uh, called my insurance company. Hey, um, there's this Corona thing, um, blah, as you know, we might need to cancel. What's going to happen? Yeah, um, well, pandemics uh, are not um, part of the insurance uh, policy. It's bad luck. Uh, we won't pay anything. Yeah. Um, the only opportunity would be that if the government prohibits um, you to run the event, then at least the location cannot um, um, pull through with their contract. So um, then I wouldn't be obliged to pay them. Um, it would be a big uh, cost factor. But at the moment, nobody is officially uh, in Germany or Berlin especially saying uh, you're not allowed to run events. Um, so the yeah. risk is completely on you as a as an organizer, and I always say it's uh, like double minus because A, everybody wants their money back, and B, um, yeah. you still need to pay your team, your service companies, your agencies, and the venue. So it's minus 200% and not just a loss. Um, yeah. And this is super high risk, um, not only for me, for all the event organizers out there. And that's also why everybody is postponing um, and not canceling or most people are postponing and not canceling because at least uh, you know you have some locations where they say okay if you do it later in the year we 
like, okay, we still work together, so it's okay, you don't need to double pay. Or um, the ticket holders, it's like a music concert. If the if it's postponed, yeah. your ticket stays valid, but if you cannot attend at the new dates, okay, you get it reimbursed, but that's like only 10% usually you need to reimburse. Um, so the risk is a lot higher, uh, lower, I mean, if you postpone and the financial loss potentially is lower, um, but it will be there. Yeah. And we, I just, before the interview, got the numbers from the touristic board here in Berlin, and that was also my estimate on my uh, ticket loss. Um, they said there's a decline in 51% on traveling to Berlin. And um, there's a complete stallment on bookings, on new bookings um, for hotels and whatever it is in Berlin. I guess that's, <clears throat> that will count also for other cities like uh, London, yeah, Amsterdam, yeah, I guess. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, then, then one thing pops up. Um, uh, these days, you have the, 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 the offline events, as I call them. Um, I always uh, did ask to some online conferences. Yeah, it's nice, but I would like to see people <laughs> <laughs> shake hands, which we shouldn't do right now. Um, but at least, uh, you know, um, you give someone a tap on the shoulder and you said, hey, that's a long time ago. How are yeah. you doing? And, and, and you get these nice conversations, which, yeah, you can do also via video conference, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's yeah. different. Um, I, I have been participating in a few uh, recently with, for example, mm -hmm. BizTech. Um, I really enjoy it. I get uh, feedback from people uh, to what I'm saying, but also I'm listening to mm -hmm. panels. Um, for the future, is this something maybe, um, it shouldn't be an and or, could it be an and where, uh, where you do and an offline event, mm -hmm. but at the same time, for example, people that can't attend uh, because of schedule or whatever reason, would it be interesting for uh, event organizers to also maybe have a, a one hour or every day a one hour online conference where if you invite certain speakers or um, keynote speakers that they can also be available for an, a small uh, conference, but then online. Is that mm -hmm. something that you could foresee? Yeah. So um, my, my, my um, business forecast last year was um, that I saw a trend going into more local, smaller events, um, at the same time more regularly happening and an increase in online events in whichever format, um, most and foremost because of um, the greater issue sort of, like the Fridays for Future movement and people not wanting and um, cannot travel it so much anymore. And the, I would think the or thought the flight prices will increase. And in like five years time, um, definitely we won't be jetting around in the same scale as we are at the moment. So we need to start thinking um, about online solutions anyways. Yeah. I didn't foresee, of course, yeah. um, COVID coming. Uh, you cannot put that in any SWOT um, analysis. Yeah. So um, now it's speeding up. And that's a good thing, um, basically. I, I see um, a need for it. Also, like we now, you know, using some tools to do this interview. Um, 
But that said, why do people, so and the business wise, it's super risky because people usually get everything for free online. Um, you have, yeah. we also put all our talk videos on YouTube for free after the conference. Um, so it's yeah. super difficult to ask people for money for an online conference. And maybe it's a, it's a start, but maybe ask to donate. Yeah, I mean, when when I basically said, yeah. well, <clears throat> first of all, it's 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 a shame that the events yeah. are canceling. On the other hand, I feel for every event organizer because yeah, they put yeah. their heart in. Uh, everyone is prepping. I mean, if if everyone is closing the door of yeah. the last day, the event organizer starts for its uh, its yeah. following year, and um, getting sponsors in a very crowded market is already yeah. difficult. Prepping everything, getting the right speakers. Uh, don't get cancellations. I mean, um, uh, so maybe you could start with a donate button um, to at least have people appreciate of what you're doing and then slowly go into a model where maybe um, people can buy tickets uh, mm -hmm. for the offline, but maybe also um, get a complimentary, I don't know, uh, let's say five euros mm -hmm. or two euro, I don't know, um, for seeing the keynotes uh, yeah. after, uh, but also participate maybe in every day a one hour uh, yeah. where one of the keynote speakers is available or one of the panel. Um, is that an yeah, option? You know, that's what, um, could be. But why do people buy tickets for events? It's um, at least in the B2B conference uh, um, side. Of course, you see the speaker lineup but you don't buy it because you want to hear speaker X um, talking about uh, Z. You want to buy the ticket and go to the, his lecture because you want to actually talk and exchange business cards with the speakers and the other attendees. Yeah. Um, so yes, I think they're good opportunities and technology wise, it's doable um, to simulate the talking heads sort of. But what you cannot simula simulate is the um, random encounters, the direct connections, and um, the added value of events, which is personal contacts, expanding network, and talking to people also about the weather, and not only about um, the shading. So. The informal talks, you mean, uh, exactly what I said. It's like uh, yeah. how things at home. Uh, yeah, you can't. It's it's yeah. the personal touch. Um, so okay, let me let me ask it differently. Um, you also have, for example, meet and match. Uh, they basically um, have their schedule tool for certain events, like the Nordics yeah. is working with it. Um, um, <clears throat> if they would actually start working with with a company that can do the online conferences, then you actually can see people. Um, who are available and you can also see their mm -hmm. LinkedIn, uh, then that, that's sort mm -hmm. of a business card. Um, and the other good thing I think of online, well, obviously you hope, but uh, you're set to certain times and then you can log in and you can yeah. actually talk to someone. Um, I find it at some big events, yeah. it's very tricky. Uh, people are too late. And then obviously if you have half an hour, then yeah. you only have 20 yeah. minutes or 50 minutes yeah. and you need to go on again. Um, it could be an add-on. That's sort mm -hmm. of what I yeah, foresee. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I think we can 
sort of uh, simulate certain pillars of an event and put move them online. Yes, me to match and the business matchmaking sounds easiest uh, actually. Um, but talking with um, Ansgar and Fedor a lot, um, you, you cannot underestimate the time zone challenge actually, and um, the um, what's it called the technological issues with you might have with different platforms and Skype and stuff like that, right? Um, and you cannot control yeah. that as an event organizer. Um, but I think we can overcome yeah. that, yes. Um, that's something um, with what you can do. But then again, why do it on April 20? Like I have a meet, Skype meeting with, I'm a developer, I have a Skype meeting with a publisher. Why <laughs> should I do it April 20 and not... May first, just because I have more time than whatever. That's exactly my point. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I <clears throat> definitely should have the the. Um, I'm also still questioning. So should it be um, uh, uh, meet and match uh, so that I can talk to someone, mm -hmm. which I can do every day? But is it maybe more interesting that, um, well, panels, uh, we have four people or five people that are expertise yeah. on a certain topic and I can still watch it from yeah. Yeah. my lazy chair or um, <clears throat> someone is doing a keynote. Um, uh, you know how that goes with, with, with the mm -hmm. offline events, as I call them. Uh, there are certain topics or certain speakers that I really mm -hmm. want to see. And for the rest, I'm not really attending the conference because I then going to meet with people and yes, exactly that. How are things mm -hmm. at home? How are you doing? Um, and that's, that's, I think mm -hmm. that will always exist, but it's more like people saying like, well, this year I'm not going to uh, conference X, Y, Z because I'm busy, but still, yeah, you're right. This, they have this very mm -hmm. uh, interesting speaker. Yeah. yeah I'm going to miss it. And in this case, yeah, you yeah. won't have to miss. Yeah, you know. So what I'm exploring also, I don't know yet which technology to use for that. We are not so far there yet. Um, but um, VR actually is an interesting opportunity um, for this because you can also um, offer different rooms. You can um, work with the event experience a bit more as if like the, the time-space continuum is... Um, knitted tighter together in VR than it is on Meet2Match and YouTube. Um, so um, yeah. this is something I find pretty interesting, like, you know, the thing walking to a different room, attending, doing a meeting, walking back out to the lobby, um, chatting to people, then going to the lecture hall. Um, I don't think people will do that like eight hours or 10 hours even. But so you will definitely also need to work on more compact event formats. Um, um, yeah. And VR, as we all know, has the challenge that very, 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 very few people can easily use it. Um, but mm -hmm. still, I think uh, that's a way to explore further. And super interesting is what happened with um, the South by um, cancellation, um, the VR crowd teamed up and they are now doing a bottom-up movement on how to bring South by Southwest um, VR topics into a virtual conference um, space. Um, I'm closely following that development and looking forward to see what they are pulling off um, and what's happening there. But yeah, yeah, I think I still believe we need to try things out um, such as, um, what's here called, JP, Powell? 
um, you had him earlier. He does meet online, right? Yeah. Uh, he's also doing, uh, yeah, he's exactly, actually doing yeah. one with Fedor. Yeah, yeah. So this is a meet match. with Biztech, I don't know so let, yet, let, um, and the VR stuff. Biztech is doing one okay. March 16 to 20. Um, <clears throat> that's that's also with, mm -hmm. uh, with several panels. Um, yeah, I think this, this, this virus Hello? online. <clears throat> um, but hey, uh, maybe a, a, a nasty question. <laughs> yeah. If you look at so many events, I always have said like, yeah, you could have one or two FTEs uh, in a plane every day and land somewhere and there is a game conference. Um, yeah. If you look at it, I mean, uh, right now, several have been canceling, delaying. Um, if, if you look at, at the total number of game conferences, mm -hmm. um, uh, you, you mentioned something that <clears throat> I find interesting, the, the smaller events where you have the quality time to talk to people and get insights about the company products, mm -hmm. etc. Um, but do you, do you think there are too many conferences right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, I mean, there's a German saying, um, wer nichts wird, 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 um, which means um, the one who doesn't find a proper job opens a bar. And um, as an event organizer and host, you're pretty much like the bar owner, right? You do the party for everybody. Yeah. So it seems to be pretty easy to run an event. Um, so many people start uh, just doing it. And then if you go to all of these uh, new and smaller events, you see, okay, it isn't so easy actually. And you see uh, all the details uh, left and right, which are missing. Yep. But you can pull it up. And if you have a, have a strong community, you will have the first, second, first and second year will be fun and good. And then you'll see. Yeah. Um, um, so to answer your question openly, yes, I strongly see an over, like not only in the game sector, the whole world is like, we are in the experience marketing, right? So every yeah. company is running events, every WeWork uh, hosts uh, gin and tonic nights, um, every startup does parties and micro conferences. And then also the big corporates um, do their own events now, like their own fairs and their own conferences, uh, like the Facebook eight, which was just also canceled. Um, okay. So on top of the all <laughs> independence, you have um, also the companies running events. Um, so yes, um, that's, that's pretty challenging. Um, and it's super difficult to monetize events anyway. And if the yeah. competition is growing and growing, and if you have like people who are not dependent on the events to monetize their business or and hence like basically use it as, I don't know, community building marketing or something like that, um, that competition you can't beat. Like in Berlin, there's a super high culture of free events. And for us, it's um, a big, big challenge to actually get money from the Berliners. It's easier yeah. to sell a ticket to somebody from Amsterdam than to, and he has to pay the flights and hotel on top than to somebody in Berlin. Yeah. Um, Final question. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and that was something I was actually saying also. It's like uh, you're in Germany 
and um, uh, there are some very uh, major studios in in Germany and definitely in the Berlin region. Mm-hmm. Um, is it maybe uh, thinkable that they will sort of become part of certain events as as a group, where uh, also in, in in this case, where then the financial risk is not only uh, the, uh, towards the the event organizer because all these uh, development studios, uh, gaming companies, they actually are very happy to have an event nearby. I mean, they, they don't have to travel that much, don't make so many costs. They can actually invite people also to the offices. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the light of this 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 virus again, mm-hmm. is is to, to go into safety. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be a better model for organizers to have some developers at arm's length that chip in a bit um, so that the risk reduces also in this case? I'm not 100% sure if I understood your your question. Well, uh, should developers, game developers, chip in money uh, every year to get your event going because they also benefit from uh, an event that is in their backyard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yes, uh, and actually they do. Um, so this year, most of our sponsors are companies from Berlin. It, I mean, it's uh, yeah. headquarters of European or international companies as well, but still yeah. based here. And we work very closely with the local networks and they support us. Um, that, yes, the companies do, but um, the, the staff uh, don't really buy tickets. So they prefer to go to international events themselves. Yeah, got it. All right. Um, I think we, we, we covered quite some topics. So I want to thank you for, uh, for doing this podcast with me. Thank you. Um, and uh, keep me posted uh, on any developments. Sure, I will. And um, yeah, follow us also. It will be exciting times. <laughs> like it will be a yeah. super full okay. second half year of the event space. <laughs> it will be fun. Cool. cool. All right. Bis bald. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ciao. So that was actually all for today, a special uh, episode about uh, a game conference and the coronavirus. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it and also some of the topics. Uh, VR, actually uh, interesting. Um, Keep me posted, Michael, on that. For the rest, um, obviously, I would like to hear more from you guys. Like, what do you think? Uh, Online conferences, is that the future? Or should uh, gaming conferences uh, have on the site an online version, um, all in all, uh, something to think about. And I hope you will share this with other people in the gaming industry so that we get a lot of comments and at least a proper discussion if this is the way to move forward offline and online altogether. This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.